Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give it to me. Give it to me. Hello, everyone. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast that, thanks to your support, continues on in 2020. We will be spending the rest of this year, as far as we know, analyzing the hottest trends, the happenings, the things that are things by buying them, seeing them in the store, reading about them in books, and hearing about them from you. Thanks I for like, joining us. I like to think of ourselves as a, as a cross-platform culture accommodation service. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. What a catchy slogan. We'll put that on our on our uh, on our one sheet for <laughs> basically a bumper sticker B. waiting to happen. Yeah. Sorry, say that again. Cross platform. I don't even know what I said. Multimedia transgenerational culture accommodation. Culture accommodation. Rather. Yeah. Egg engine. Thing spotters. We basically we help say. you understand. <laughs> The world that isn't important better. Exactly. We're it's translating a, it's a the break. Trend. We're a break. We're a break from the rest of that stuff that makes you crazy. Right? Dude, we really are. I think that's, and it is that's really such funny. a delight. I mean, it is such a delight to just like arrive here and shamelessly turn off every other part of my brain except mm-hmm. the fun mm-hmm. part. Is it food? Is it rugs? Is it music? Is it, you know, whatever it is, we're, we're going to have fun talking about it. We're going to um, have fun. Just we, one time. We both were at the... Uh, it's not the Consumer Electronics Show anymore. No, it's just CES. Plain old CES. Good old. It's like KFC was for a while. And it doesn't mean it doesn't stand for anything. Um, yes, the Consumer Technology Association puts on CES where people show off electronics and other things. <laughs> and we were it there. was very business to business this year, I thought, actually. Really? I was surprised at huh. how the parking lot in particular seemed to be full of companies that I had never heard of, mm-hmm. a lot of which make uh, some sort of autonomous vehicle aftermarket or third-party situation. I saw a lot of smart home stuff, a lot of practical stuff. That's funny that, hmm. that yeah, it's such a, it's a big show. You can have multiple <laughs> perspectives. On. I mean, I did see a lot of that stuff in the Sands, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. like base needs kind of. I never went to the Sands. Oh yeah, I didn't do much of the convention center. I will say I was I was in and out of there pretty quickly. Like did some interviews, did a panel, got on a plane. But the thingiest thing that happened to me in Las Vegas was that in the Las Vegas airport, there's a Popeyes. Wait, and the um, Popeyes? Not, uh-huh. What gates were you at? Because you were not at the D gates. Because there are no Popeyes D-gate. in the D gates. D gates. There is a Popeyes right when you come in the door from security. There's in fact, I had seen it on the way out. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm coming here when I have whatever version of a hangover I have, whether it's the real kind or just the I have been in <laughs> Vegas kind, kind. Yeah. on my way home. And so I walked up there and I was like, oh, my God, they have the chicken sim. Now, for those of you who haven't been here in America for the last six months, hmm. you may not realize what I'm talking about, which is the Popeye's chicken sandwich. That launched a few months back, actually almost a year ago, I think now. It is. And yeah. promptly became 
the sensation of America. Like it was sold out. People were shooting each other, getting in fights in line to order them. There was a whole Saturday Night Live skit about it. Then somehow Popeye's ran out of chicken to make sandwiches despite keeping their restaurants open. And they just like put the chicken sandwiches on pause for multiple months. And then they were back. And I have been wanting to try them because I'm not proud to admit it. But occasionally I go to Chick-fil-A because that is a good sandwich. Don't judge me. It's a good sandwich. Not going to lie. It's like the good place, you know, that episode where she's like, hey, have <laughs> yeah, this sandwich you lost back your points. Yeah. And if you eat it, it means you hate gay people, but the sandwich is so good. It's really confusing. Anyway, I went to Popeye's. They had chicken sandwiches on the menu. I walked up to the guy. No line. No line. And I was like, may I please have a spicy chicken sandwich? Fully waiting for him to just be like, no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> we don't have those. <laughs> what do you think this is? They did. And he was like, it'll probably be about four minutes because the guy in front of you ordered like six. Oh, <laughs> He's like, people just run from security to the Popeyes. So friends, I have eaten the Popeyes spicy chicken sandwich. And I'm here to tell you, it is so spicy. I almost died. <laughs> wow, really? Crazy spicy. So just a word to the wise on that one. But it was, oh my God, it's delicious. The bun is delicious. Well, delicious. Uh, that leads right into my first thing, which is that the quality of the food at CES, particularly the press food at the evening press events, uh, markedly improved. Really? Uh, it's gone up and down over the years, you know. Uh, there, there's been good years and bad. But it feels like my expectations lately have been, we'll get some mini burgers, we'll get some finger pizzas, we'll get some chicken nuggets, you know. It'll be all right. This year... I had fully full slices of pizza uh, at one at Showstoppers baked in front of you by a chef. What? Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, full, I skip that. Full burgers, not mini burgers. Uh, like lasagna, just take as much as you want, right? Like, I don't know if this is a sign of a strong economy or something, but <laughs> the uh, the food budget was not skimping at the press events this year. Wow. Food is cheap, I guess. Yeah. I have to tell you, I'm, I, I again, I'm sort of horrified to admit this, but I didn't go to any of those evening events. Mm -hmm. I did go to a restaurant called Esther's Kitchen mm. in uh, downtown, like the Arts District, Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. It's nice down there. Might as well have been in Los Angeles. Yeah. Or maybe the Bay Area. Like, it's the hippest place I've ever been. No, there's great I mean, stuff. not ever, but it was the, certainly the hippest place I've been in Vegas. Absolutely spectacular homemade pasta, like fresh made pasta. Some of the best sourdough bread I've ever eaten. Like, it was, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have been less CES. You know, food quality on the rise. I'm going to yeah. say, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about free press food, particularly when I'm talking about CES, but... Honestly, we had pretty good food all the way through. Even even the food on the convention floor that I was forced to buy at one point was a Quiznos and it was decent. I you wonder know. if just everyone's, you know, everyone's, I mean, thanks to sort of like food culture, because mm -hmm. thanks to Food Network all the way back, everyone's expectations are just higher. Yeah, maybe By that's the way, it. free press food is like an amazing name for a food reviews magazine waiting to happen. <laughs> Where you just you just review the catering at press events, the free press food. You could do that, or you know, it's just sort of like a journalism joke. I don't know. Either uh -huh. way, that's really that's fun to say. Yeah, yeah. Free press food. Uh, you know, should, you've got a good point should, there. 
We should register that domain, which Definitely. is not a thing. That's a thing anymore. <laughs> um, so I have been reading the new William Gibson book, mm-hmm. Agency. And well, I finished it, but that didn't, I didn't mean that to be a brag. I just, in case he's listening, I wanted him to know. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't stop halfway. Anyway. You good uh, with that, Bill? That book, All right, great. So as you know, William Gibson is like the arbiter of things that are cool. And his people, his characters, especially his female characters, are always sort of like this understated brand of fashion awesome. Mm -hmm. And in that book, his heroine carries and is frequently referencing a Muji bag, M-U-J-I. Now, this isn't the shopping bag from the store Muji, but a bag bought at Muji. Yep, exactly. Like I assume it's like a backpack or a duffel is kind of the vibe I get from the book. Um, they never really describe it. It's just, he always like name drops cool stuff and then you're just supposed to keep up. So eventually I finally Googled it and I was like, or duck, duck, goat it. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of, this is neat. And then I was in LA and there was a Muji store. Mm-hmm. There sure is right? been there. Yep. It's a good wow. one. Yeah. And it is beautiful, uh-huh. beautiful. And then, and this is when it, this is like, listen, my secret sauce for when a thing reaches thing status is when it's a trifecta of encounters. So first it's in William Gibson's book. Mm-hmm. Second, I see the store on Sunset Boulevard, like in Hollywood and surrounded by all these other tacky things. And it's like show stopping gorgeous. And then third, I just walked by a lady on the street in Oakland and she was talking to her friend about Muji bags. And I was like, boom, it's a thing. So Muji has actually, and it's been around, it's not, it's not, not a thing, right? It's been around in the United States for a long time, Japan, even longer. It's kind of like, it's described by some as the Ikea of Japan, but it's really just sort much of. more than that. So I've heard it called the target of Japan too. Uh, it's Ikea in that everything they have is Muji. It's not, right. you know, it's not, there's no brands there. It's all just from Muji, but it's. Target in it's like more it's more focused on the interior of your home than furniture. But the one in LA too is also clothes and fashion. So then yeah, I yeah, was that's like, what well, I mean. I, also I, I just app? said that really bad. It's focused on on things you use rather than like IKEA is focused on furniture. Muji is like uh, clothes and bags and and um, um, what, respirate. What are those things called? The little uh, humidifiers. And, humidifiers, yeah, right? Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like organization stuff, and yeah. Yeah, like water, you know, kettles for boiling water and yeah, slippers. Yeah. I mean, so all kinds of things. And then it, its whole look and philosophy is just like super stripped down, mm-hmm. which is seems kind of perfect for the William Gibson style. Like I can see why he fell for it. But I do think it's very interesting that even though it's been in the U.S. for well, it opened its first flagship store in the U.S. in 2007. So it's been in New York for a long time, Okay, but just seems to be for whatever reason hitting kind of peak awareness right now and i just keep it keep showing up and i am just gonna say side note this is beautiful it has beautiful things yeah everything i mean i want to live in a muji sometimes we yeah. go to muji and we're like i don't know that we need anything here but i want to move in here but just i just want to stuff. live here exactly yeah. i want stuff to look like this like it's so clean and tidy in fact the name uh muji rushi ryohin Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, translates to no brand, good quality. It's which like is awesome. it's like subverting the generic paradigm where we think of it generic as meaning like, oh, it's just not very outstanding. This is like it's outstanding because it's generic. Right. 
And they are known, as Rich points out, producer Rich is pointing out in the Discord, they are known for their notebooks. There's this kind of like fancy little notebook that you can get. And I think mm. they even used to have Muji stores in airports for a while because you could always get like notebooks and pretty little things. Um, but yeah, the bags, I went, of course, I had to go to the Sunset Boulevard store because I was reading all about <laughs> this bag over and over. And they have these like great sort of canvas backpacks that are really low profile duffel bags. I was like, okay, I'm feeling it. Yeah. Bring it on, Muji. There's a uh, there's a spectrum of these stores. There's um, on the on the high end. There's Tokyo Hands, which I don't think has crossed to the U.S. yet. That's like a four level store usually, and each floor is like here's all the things you need for stationery. Here's all the things you need for your bath <laughs> bathroom. Here's all you know, and it's just it's just everything's practical. And then there's Daiso on the other end, which we have some of those here in the U.S. And that's just like your dollar store. It's just all like super affordable stuff for your home. And then Muji's in the middle where it's like, we're not super high end, but we have better stuff than the Daiso. Right. And it's Uh, beautiful. Can I tell you what I saw when we were walking through Ginza in Tokyo? uh, Definitely. The Muji Hotel. What? No Mm -hmm. way. Because we were both like, is there a store in there? Because we say Muji Hotel. No, it's a it's a hotel uh, that is just designed by Muji. So you can, in fact, live there, sort of. Oh, my God. So there is a possibility that they could, in fact, style my life, too. Uh Uh-huh. What I want them to do. Right. Also, I would like I would just like to remind the audience that. At no point do we like coordinate no. this show. I mean, maybe things that are slightly Japanese were on my mind because Tom was in, Jap- sure. in Japan, but like, this seems to be a delightful accident as so many things are. Uh, yeah. And we, we weren't out there looking for Muji stuff in Tokyo either because we can get that at home. We were always looking for stuff we can't get at home. Uh, and we just were walking down the street. We're like, Muji Hotel. Like, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That is amazing it's like um 250 bucks a night roughly Stay at the Hotel. kind of like yeah. about right for yeah, Muji, yeah. like a little expensive you know mm-hmm. so like it's I, up I found, on the hyatt end right yeah yeah like i found a nice muji tote sort of a rucksack they call it which has got to be the one that this lady carries in the book um it's 80 bucks but you can get a backpack for 50 so <laughs> yeah Muji. Not bad. Muji. Definitely it's a, a thing. Definitely a thing. Just just watch for it. Uh, another something that might be becoming a thing. It's definitely a thing in the UK already, uh, but becoming a thing a little farther afield, uh, including here in the United States, is uh, professional darts. Hmm. And to the point where there's like there's there's like the traditional darts society, but there's also like a new commercial darts league that tries to be a little more fun with like villains and heroes kind of almost wrestling style (laughs) where they boo people who come out on stage um but in looking around at darts before this show to find out like okay what's what's the scoop on darts because i heard about it on the economist podcast it's like oh darts is conquering america it's becoming super popular and it's on tv now there i found out about fallon sherrick fallon sherrick Landed a double 18 to become the first woman to win at the PDC World Championship in December. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, I'm looking this up. They, all these noises are like, really? I, I'm going to play you. A little like that time you tried to make hockey a thing. 
Darts is big. The hockey becoming a thing was just wishful thinking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit to that right now. But the darts thing, I, I don't have a, I don't have a, a, a dog in the fight. I'm just like, oh, right. apparently darts is, is getting Tell big. Tell me more. Uh, Fallon Sherrick has become the first woman to win a match at the PDC World Championship. Here is the broadcast from from British television. I think it's on the BBC. Uh, little excerpt here, if I can get it to play. That is. And it, of course, won't cooperate with me right now. Aww. Aww, man. But they cheered her. Like, it was like a really? stand, standing ovation. Like, cheered, cheered, cheered? Oh, yeah. my God. This is amazing. Uh, her win was greeted by a room full of mostly men singing, We Love You, Fallon, We Do. She made the TV and radio morning show circuit the next day in Britain. Twitter gave her the blue check mark the next day. Nobody! Uh, and she beat number 11 Menser Soljovic. Uh, to make it to the to the next round the next day, so became the second time a woman had beat a man in professional darts, and took home twenty five thousand pounds in prize money. Uh, she will also uh, compete in the U.S. Darts Masters in New York, and has been invited to all the other World Series of Darts events in Denmark, Germany, New Zealand, and Australia. Oh my God, this is amazing! This is we love you, Fallon. We do is like the greatest, the greatest. She's, the, by the way, the write-up from the StarAdvertiser.com is like, <laughs> there we go. She's the glass ceiling and wins at the World Dance Championship. The first woman to beat a man at the World Dance Championship. Fallon Sherrick is that woman on the 17th of December, 2019. She defeats Ted Evans to write her name into the history books. I mean, it's like a soccer match. That is incredible. By the way, we need more singing. Yeah, I kind of like that. I kind of like the singing at the at the sports events. It's pretty great. Right? Like the U.S. needs more drunken singing. We just do not have <laughs> enough of that. We got plenty of the first. We just need to add the second. Yeah. Come on. We're drunk all the time. <laughs> We've covered that quite <laughs> quite assiduously on the show. For, except for, you know, the mocktail thing. <laughs> Yeah. So the economist says that darts is on the rise. Like that's not, that's not me. Yeah, but, I see that. Uh, Fallon Sherrick uh, uh, is I'm also sure. somebody to, to keep an eye out for. I, I, when she shows up, I feel like I can picture her on the daily show with Trevor Noah. Yeah. Let's make it happen. It also <laughs> is kind of delightful that she looks really fit. And, and these articles are like, <laughs> it's usually these sort of out of shape. Right, men, right. Portly drunk guys. <laughs> like beer swilling. Yeah. It's amazing. Look at her at the morning show. I love this. Okay, all right. I could I could be down with darts becoming a thing. I have a dartboard in my backyard. Yeah. And any the, the beauty of it is is you know, it anybody can play it. It's hand eye coordination, but it's not everybody can be that good at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody is in fact hand eye coordinated. Mm-hmm. Takes skill. I love it. Um this next portion of the show comes to you from the shopping portion of the show. I think we need like a, like a, you're going to have to buy things now sting. <laughs> right. We need, we need a, 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 a money, money cash register going off. Exactly. Like, like yeah. my next thing is going to cost you. Um, <laughs> I have noticed a surprising uptick partly because I've been sort of lightly house hunting. So I've been mm-hmm. looking at a lot of staging mm-hmm. and then I've been noticing it in magazines and also occasionally on HGTV. Big time uptick in cowhide area rugs, which I think look, I probably notice all the time because I think they look super cool. And I've always thought of them actually 
as exclusively the province of like super cool people. <laughs> like <laughs> just people who are super stylish, right? Like mm-hmm. the ones who also have, you know, a room with a bunch of like Moroccan poofs and neat artifacts uh-huh. that they uh-huh. picked up while they were traveling. Like, oh, I got that uh, pottery in Morocco. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the person who I feel like always has a cowhide rug. And it's sort of like, never occurred to me that that was an accessible item Mm -hmm. that I too could own because I was like, I don't have any Moroccan poofs. Like I'm out. Yeah. But turns out they're a thing. And I think they've gone pretty mainstream. And when I tried to look it up, it was like Wayfair cowhide rugs that you can best cowhide rugs for 2020. And then Amazon has one for $159. And the thing that put me over into thing territory is probably, okay, here's the trifecta. First I saw it in staging. Mm-hmm. Several times. Sure. Second, I saw it show up in a like Crate and Barrel magazine. And then third, I got an Instagram ad for a dog blanket that you put on your couch that so looks all good, but it's washable. And one of the patterns was cowhide, which P.S. looked super cool. <laughs> and then I went because Instagram ads work terrifyingly well. I like clicked through and I was going to buy it. And it, it is the one that is out of stock until the end of February. The now, these are one. mostly faux cowhides, right? I mean, yes, there are probably also real cowhides, but the, the majority of the, on, the, on this Wayfair link that you put here is faux cowhides. So you're not hurting cows. Well, most of them are, but you, not all. When yeah. you sit on your cowhide and eat your burger. Right. There are a lot of <laughs> faux ones. The one I found on Amazon for 160 bucks is real. Um, which I found sort of surprising. So the re- that but was yeah, going to be my next question. Both. So the real ones aren't necessarily more expensive than the faux ones. No, I mean, $160. I That's, thought that was actually yeah. pretty inexpensive. So that I was surprised to discover that not only are they a thing that a normal can have, mm-hmm. such as me with my medium taste, um, but that they're not even that expensive, even if they're real. Yeah, this this print, this Guthridge animal print handmade cowhide Area rug is 300 bucks. Yeah. But the real one you you mentioned was cheaper. Yeah, much cheaper on Amazon. And then there's one, there's a faux one on Wayfair for $109 from the Modern Farmhouse shop, which I guess is apparently my style. (laughs) (laughs) This feels like the kind of thing that will be emblematic of a decade, right? Like, like I could see this becoming a thing where people are like, oh, yeah, cowhide rugs. Everybody's got a cowhide rug. They're so cool. And that's great. And they're totally. not that expensive. And then we look back like, oh, remember the 20s when everyone had cowhide rugs? When everybody rugs? had cowhide rugs? How <laughs> yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super curious. As Whoa, to there's why. a zebra one, too. Well, it does. There is a whole faux animal print thing happening, too. Mm-hmm. For oh, example, yeah. I may have purchased a faux for cheetah like teddy jack and now i have two oh, but it was uh, like but animal yeah. prints no, in general just, just yesterday my wife was very proud to wear her cheetah print shirt from stitch fix to work totally yeah. yep oh yeah so maybe the cowhide thing is just a like an offshoot of how uh-huh. animal prints are really huge right now and then they were like oh it turns out this is a great opportunity to bring this like Previously, inex- previously accessible only to the most stylish humans. 
I don't know why I, I don't, it's just, no, it you're right. Weird... When I, when I think of a cowhide rug, I think of a, a, a place that is marble, has a huge fireplace and a lot of gold. <laughs> like, yes, kind of. Know? Yeah. And then the, like the, the cowhide rug is, is right in front of the fireplace mm-hmm. and it's totally impractical and you yeah. would never do that. And then, you know, the, the really, uh, douchey guy from Die Hard is laying on it with his champagne and grapes and, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this one at Wayfair is 109. See, this is the shopping part. This one at Wayfair is $109. It has 1,994 reviews, and the reviews are four and three quarters of a star. The zebra one's only 90 bucks. Oh, I think I'm, I want to get one. I think I'm going to have to get one. <laughs> Stupid, it's a thing. You cost me so much money. I haven't bought all my, like, we should always box. have a uh, cooling off period where you're, where neither one of us should be allowed to buy anything during the show. We just you're right. You have to wait until after the show. And also, if we still want it, it's fine. Also, that's rude to buy things during the show, but I'm We've coming both close. I mean, I'm really I've done, totally done it. I've totally done it. This lady posted a picture of it in her office and it looks so cool. <laughs> Man, I want one. Yeah. They also, you yeah. know, it's because they have the irregular side too, because it's even the faux ones are meant to look like they came from a cow. So yeah, it's, it's like got that funky, funky little, like, you know, yeah, it's not just a square. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to your feedback. And the funniest thing about it is that a thing that I did purchase either during or immediately after last week's show was, in fact, a mini instant pot, uh-huh. <laughs> which I have not yet tried out. But this weekend, I'm making the fluffy pancakes. And Christopher wrote in with some Instapot wisdom just in, ca- in time and says, Instapots turn kitchens into fairy wonderlands of deliciousness, <laughs> which, thank, thank goodness, that's outstanding. Uh, he said they also facilitate the hiding of vegetables and meals for recalcitrant children. The fluffy pancakes will bring you in the approximately 74,219 ways to cook quinoa will keep you coming back. Wait, do you like quinoa? Writes Christopher, have you ever tried quinoa that has been dry roasted before you add liquid? It smells like peanut butter when you're roasting it, and it's even more delicious in dishes that way. It's kind of like roasting your chickpeas before making hummus. Dry roasting grains. It should be a thing, though I think maybe it's not yet. Man, uh, there uh, we were in this uh, broadcast center at CES where we had other broadcasters in suites next to us, and you couldn't help but overhear conversations, especially when they're recording their shows. And there was this one guest... Uh, I have no idea who it was. I don't know what he was there for, but the thing I overheard was like, yeah, I had really delicious quinoa yesterday and, and I'm not the kind of guy who eats that sort of thing. I'm a meat eater. Oh, really? Because veganism. <laughs> I know. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Totally. In fact, West Bay stars in the discord immediately was like the instant pot is going to make, makes going vegan work. Hmm. Yeah, certainly. Which I could totally picture. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Charles thinks he's seeing a new drink thing. Uh, He says, I think Peach Crown Royal is becoming a thing. I have neighbors asking where to buy it, and our local stores are running out. What? Certainly, sign of a burgeoning thing. I mean, it usually is, but that sounds disgusting. Hold on, I'm looking this up. There's a Forbes article about it. From last February, Crown Royal announces new peach-flavored whiskey. (laughs) Crown Royal usually has like kind of a butterscotchy, it's not flavored, but it has kind of a butterscotchy taste to it. So I guess peach is on that Venn diagram. Maybe people who love that Crown Royal get the peach. I'm having 
a problem with this. I am having a problem. Is flavored whiskey a thing? Apparently, oh, well, it is. Yeah, we've had the lemonade, like the Jack Daniels lemonade, and all that sort of thing. So that that part kind of makes sense, I guess. Crown Royal yeah. usually is trying to bill itself as a little more high brow, but huh. But this Forbes article does note that in 2019, the trend toward flavored whiskey yeah. isn't going anywhere, which I didn't really even know was a thing. Oh, I gotta say man. though, I hate I hate peach flavored like faux peach things, and like peach it's always Ugh. that's what it like always makes me think of. Or the thing where you order an iced tea in a restaurant, oh. and that iced tea is always peach flavored, and they never tell you that. They're never like, by the way, it's peach flavored. And I don't know why it would be, but it always freaking is. And sure enough, this article is like, mix it with iced tea. Yeah, because apparently everybody makes a peach. And it's, it's disgusting. They're all just using Snapple. That's what it is. Shit. <laughs> I hate it. So apparently that is a thing, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not on board. I'm not on board with the flavored whiskey. Maybe I'm being snobby. Uh, yep. a, a, as a counterpoint example, on my flight uh, back from Las Vegas, I got a beer. I said, I want a beer. And she's like, well, what kind do you want? She listed off all the kinds. And they, they had an IPA and they had Blue Moon. And I was like, Miller Lite. And she <laughs> brought it and I drank it and it tasted great. Oh, yeah. You know how I feel about Coors Banquet beer. Yeah. The greatest. Sometimes. But uh, yep. yeah, I don't know about the flavored whiskey yet. Ala'a, who is our Middle East correspondent, which is awesome, shares a thing from the Dubai Mall and says, I think the second part of the below email, which is a photo from said mall, reflects the thingness of light, which, by the way, is a beautiful phrase, capturing Instagrammable moments at the sea of light at this mall in Dubai, which, like, of course, Dubai is doing it bigger and better and with many bajillion more LED lights than anything <laughs> you'll ever see. You know, I, they I, have. But it's true. Like it's a, it's basically a giant three hundred meter long light installation in the United Arab Emirates. When he sent this email, it struck me that I spent a lot of time talking about Dream Labs when we were talking about light. Uh, when your thing was light last time, and I did not give enough. Uh, credit to the illumination exhibits around Tokyo that they have during the winter, especially around Christmas time, which are all like that. Like, oh, that, yeah, that's the thing I'm talking about. Yeah. Where you just, you go outside and there was one for Aladdin, where you just like, they, the, the lights were synced with the soundtrack of Aladdin. There Holy. was one in this park that was just, you know, cl- Christmas music playing and it would it would turn on and the lights would dance and then they go dark and it, it was and it was packed. All these things were packed. Cuz they're Instagram crack. Totally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh SCW Lung in Discord said could competitive karaoke be a thing? I saw this posted in a local subreddit yesterday. It's to karaoke.com. And our producer, Rich, noted that his cousin used to be in a competitive karaoke league in Brooklyn a few years ago. What? No way. I know. I'm, I'm looking it up now. Just I mean, see. it's no darts, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. apparently everything is becoming a, a, a league sport, including karaoke. Days. Days after we talked about talked about axe throwing on the show, I, I can't remember if I told you guys the story or not, but one of my coworkers at Marketplace <laughs> sent me a Slack and was like, my hairdresser is in a competitive axe throwing league. And I was like, what? <laughs> Two karaoke Apparently. stands for Toronto karaoke. It's Toronto's only social team based karaoke league. And their big title is like kickball, but better. Oh, my God. We are so competitive. Although I don't know who I mean when I say we because that's Toronto. So not us. Yeah. 
Um, um, we as humans are competitive. We as humans. Thank you for your feedback, your good ideas, your thing spotting, and of course, your actual financial support of the show via patreon.com slash it's a thing. It's shout out time. Oh, shout out to the sonorous Jake Woods. The oratund Louis St. Amour. And the stentorian Mike Akins. I'm pretty sure producer Rich comes up with these because he likes fancy words, but That's it's working for me. That's vocabulary, right? It is working. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we have come to the end of another thing time, but we shall be back. We shall. Next week, even. Yay. Yes, the- so uh, keep the ideas coming. Keep your feedback coming. Feedback at It's a Thing dot me and of course you can always become a member of its thing and get our access to our discord so you can join us live during the show tapings which i'm not gonna lie is really fun yeah Uh, also an ad free rss feed and potentially even depending on your budget a shout out that's patreon.com slash it's a thing and email us email us your things folks feedback at it's a thing dot me see you next week bye 